Today's podcast is brought to you by CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball net. Set up easily in sand, grass, indoors, or on the blacktop. The perfect game for outdoor enthusiasts as it is combined with volleyball and four-score rules and a game to 11 and win by two. On today's Court Vision, I welcome on Craig Lucina. He is a assistant coach for the main Red Claws. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you... Uh, how are you holding up during this time? And, you know, are, is there anything that you're doing to keep yourself busy? Yeah, so obviously some uh, unique circumstances we have right now. Um, but, you know, for me, it's it's not too too different. Um, you know, just, you know, still able to watch a lot of film uh, and then just, you know, trying to, you know, find, you know, different ways to get better and watching, you know, different players from, you know, the past year, past, you know, decade or so. Um, you know, just trying to learn some new things and, uh, you know, hopping on some Zoom meetings um, with different coaches and just trying to pick their brains. So, you know, doing, doing some different things, just trying to stay, just trying to stay busy and productive. That's, that's good. That's really good. Are you, any, are you uh, watching any TV shows like The Last Dance or anything like that? Yeah, it's really, really good, uh, in my opinion, so far. Uh, obviously, only four episodes in, but... Uh, pretty good. How about you like it? You've been watching it? Yeah, I, I love it, man. I mean, you know, growing up watching him play and like being, I was a little bit younger, so like didn't really know all the stuff that was going on at the time. And it's pretty interesting um, to relive it and kind of see what was going on on the behind the scenes that I had no idea that was going on. So it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But, so Craig, I want to get, before like we talk about uh you know you work with the main red claws i want to get go and ask you about like your basketball career uh leading up to the main red claws and you know at what age did you start playing basketball yeah i mean so for as long as i can remember i've had a basketball in my hands um you know you know looking back at like baby pictures and you know home videos you know since i was an infant i had a ball in my hands um grew up in a basketball family um you know my cousins uh, both played basketball at a high level and, uh, you know, kind of just laid the foundation for me. And, um, so, you know, just been in love, love with the game for as long as I can remember, really. That's really cool. And like, um, did your cousins ever like train with you or work out with you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, when I was like growing up, they would always, you know, you know, work me out and, uh, you know, try and, you know, teach me some of their stuff. Uh, they're both scholarship players, you know, play division one. So, um, you know, it was great to have them, you know, just kind of as two like role models in my life that I could kind of look up to and try and emulate. That's awesome. That's really cool. And like, how did you yeah. decide to, you know, uh, go to St. Joseph College of Maine? Yeah, so um, really, it's the head coach, a guy by the name of Rob Santacola, uh, you know, developed a really good relationship with him, um, you know, during the recruiting process. And you know, he kind of just, you know, was the overriding decision for me um, that, you know, made me choose St. Joe. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and and what was your time like, uh, like there, what was your time there and playing that, playing for that, for them? Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, so, you know, played four years, you know, was fortunate enough to, you know, play all four years and uh, was a, a captain my senior year um so you know really had a great time and you know quite frankly is you know one of the best decisions I've made in my life uh it kind of really like laid the blueprint for 
you know, things I've been able to do so far in my career. So uh, it was a great, great stepping stone for me. That's a hell of an accomplishment to be uh, be a captain of, uh, you know, of a college basketball team at any level. That just says a lot about you yourself as a player and uh, your leadership. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was definitely, you know, a big honor and, you know, something I didn't take like take lightly. So, yeah, it was great. That's awesome. And you also uh, played at Oxford Brooks University, which is located in um, England, correct? Yes, correct. Yep. And, and uh, you also played on the national team there. Um, you know, what was that experience like? Yeah, so kind of, uh, you know, piggybacking to Coach Anacola, uh, he had a connection over in England. Uh, and kind of, you know, came up to me, you know, probably halfway through my senior year at St. Joe's and, you know, approached me with the opportunity to go over there uh, and play for a year and get my master's degree. Um, so it was tremendous, you know, obviously, you know, living in a different country uh, by yourself, you know, makes you grow up quick, uh, makes you be resourceful and, 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 you know, makes you, you know, be a grown up. So uh, it was great from the standpoint of playing and just, you know, getting my education and growing up as a person. So it was a great experience for me. That had to have been a one hell of an experience. Cool. That has to be a cool experience too, as uh, a kid, you know, you're playing basketball, but you're also kind of experiencing a different country, like you said, and it does, I'm sure that doesn't make you grow up quick, but that's to be cool to kind of be there for a year and kind of experience what, it, what life is like over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously England's not, too too different from america um you know they speak english and all that um but you know there's definitely cultural differences and um you know just like i said just great learning experience for me so um you know definitely very blessed to have that opportunity that's awesome is there ever a time that you got into a car and wanted to drive on the other side of the road the correct side like here or like did that That, feel weird (laughs) that's actually it's funny you bring that up my first so you know, we have like a week break for Christmas, um, you know, during the semester or during in between each each semester. And uh, the first day I was back here, I actually was with my, you know, picked up one of my friends and we started driving. And it was on the wrong side of the road. And my friend looked at me and was just like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> that was the complete wrong side of the road. And my brain, actually, my brain was just like backwards from, from being over there for, you know, three three and a half months or whatever it was so uh yeah that that, that did definitely happen to me <laughs> that that's pretty funny that that's gonna be scary for your friend and scary for you and you're like oh shoot hang on wait a minute <laughs> yeah no question it was definitely like kind of woke me up for a second it's like well, you got to pay attention here yeah so, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's uh that's a different experience for sure um what was like basketball like over there i know soccer is big over there but like what what is it like playing basketball over there yeah, I mean basketball is not not really big, um, uh, but it's yeah, like you said, like soccer is definitely the number one sport. Um, but you know, there's still some good good players over there. Um, you know, it's just you know in America, right? Like you usually have guys that are you know teams that have like at least like five or six players that are really good on a team. Um, but over there, it was more like you'd have, you know, two or three guys that were really good and then the rest were just like whatever. So, you know, I mean, it's just uh, a little bit different in that sense. But um, still a lot of good players over there, a lot of good talent, um, but, you know, not to the level of America. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I never really, um, 
you know, you never really hear too much about England basketball. So it's always interesting to hear someone's point, point of view and some of that uh, perspective that played over there. Um, so once you finish college, you know, um, you worked for a sports agency. Is it uh, Westerman Sports Agency? Yep, yep, Wasserman, yep. Wasserman. And you uh, worked with some notable athletes, uh, guys with like uh, Russell Westbrook, Odebo, and AD. You know, what what was it like working with guys like that? Yeah, it was great. Um, so I, wor- I worked for a guy by the name of Noah LaRoche, who um, he he actually worked for Tim Grover, who's relevant right now, who is MJ's trainer. Um, yeah. So he kind of, you know, made his pathway and, you know, is now one of the best player development guys in the world right now. Um, so at the time he was, um, you know, hired by Wasserman to uh, do their player development. And uh, his first full-time summer out there, uh, you know, reached out uh, and asked me to come out with him. And um, so I did that for five months. I actually left school early my senior year to do it. Um, and uh, it was tremendous. You know, I mean, met a lot of great people, um, you know, agents, you know, coaches, scouts, and then players. Um, like you touched on, you know, working with Russ, Victor, and AD was, you know, tremendous. And, you know, those are three, you know, great, great players, all-stars in the NBA. Um, but, you know, I worked with Russ and Vic the most, uh, AD probably the third most. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was great, man. Like, you know, just three great guys, three guys that, uh, you know, want to get better and work hard. So, uh, it was it was great. That's awesome. And was like Westbrook as intense as he is on the like you know as you see the intensity on the court as he is training working with him? Yeah. So you know everyone everyone always asks that question. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had the same perspective going in working with him. I was like, man, this guy's gonna be tough to work with. You know, probably might be not the best type of guy. You know, when you see him in the media, he's kind of you know. I don't know the right word, but, you know, tough and hard on the media, you know, plays with a lot of ferocity. And, um, you know, I thought it might be tough, but, you know, I tell everyone the same exact thing. Like Russell Westbrook is generally one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Um, you know, he's the type of guy that, you know, knows your name, you know, call you by your name, uh, wants to engage with you, have conversations with you, um, you know, just to like provide context, um, you know, I've probably worked with like over 50 NBA guys and probably like over another 50 G League guys. And out of all those players, there's only been two players that have, have ever introduced themselves to me. And uh, those two are Russell Westbrook and Kemba Walker. So wow. it kind of speaks to like the type of person he is, you know, after, after the summer was over, you know, shot me a text being like, thank you for all your hard work. So just a, just a great, great genuine dude that, you know, looks out for people and, you know, cares about people uh, and obviously works extremely, extremely hard. So uh, can't, can't say enough good things about Russ. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, uh, that's way different. I think than a lot of people would like, I mean, he seems like a nice dude, but like he, the intensity and everything, that's, that's awesome that he's complete, you know, professional introduces himself, texted you like, you know, say thank you. And that's, that's also like a hell of an honor too, to be, for him to text you and, that's cool that you have them in your phone too. That's to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I try not you know, don't really reach out to him for anything, but uh yeah. you know, just obviously um, you know, just a great dude for sure. So Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um that's really cool. And um I also saw that you worked with uh Georgie Niang. Uh how did that come about? 
Yeah, so me and George, we actually grew up in the same area. Um, I've known George since we were in sixth grade together. Uh, we actually played on the same AU team growing up, uh, funny enough. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we kind of, you know, he went to Tilton. Uh, you know, we kind of maybe lost connection for there for a while, but we rekindled our relationship. Um, and when I was out in L.A., he was uh, – actually, he signed with Wasserman, so – you know, we, you know, rekindled, rekindled our relationship out back out there. And when I came home, uh, my second summer in LA, uh, he was back home and we worked out one day and, you know, the next day he was leaving for golden state to go to their training camp. And he, uh, texted me after the workout and was like, Hey, you know, would you mind coming out with me, uh, to golden state? And I was like, yeah, of course. So, wow. you know, booked me a ticket and, was on the same flight as him, you know, was out there for like two weeks and, you know, quite frankly, you know, just, you know, one of the best experiences of my life. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we got there a little early, was able to just, you know, work, work and get, work him out and get him prepared. But, um, you know, being able to watch coach Kerr and how he runs his, you know, training camp. And, you know, I think it was a 17, 18 season. So I think it was the second year of KD. So, you know, obviously one of the best teams ever. So, you know, just being able to, to watch them and, you know, see how they go about their business and, uh, you know, just you know, just a great, great experience for me. That's awesome. Were you able to, like, talk to Coach Kerr or, like, any of the players on the Warriors? Yeah, so I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't talk to Coach Kerr. I, I'll try to leave him alone. Yeah. Um, but uh, when we were, like, me and George would, you know, shoot at night or – you know, on an off day we'd shoot and, you know, guys would be in the gym. So, you know, talk to you know, Andre Godala and, uh, you know, a couple other guys that, you know, were just in the gym at the time. Um, but, you know, try to try to stay out of the way as most as best as I could. So, yeah, yeah that's understandable. But that's really cool that you were able to experience that and like be part of see that culture of the Warriors culture. I've heard a lot of uh, good things about the Warriors culture, a lot of like, um, you know that they're they're very close knit, and it's that's really cool that you get to watch watch them, their practices, and that that team, especially with the second year of KD. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, there's really you know no no secrets and no no surprise to you know why they're so good. You know, those guys are obviously extremely talented, but at the same time, they work you know just equally as as hard, and um, you know, pay attention to the details. You know, I remember you know something that's funny is like you know you see like these basic like like elementary like passing drills like chess passes to each other like at you know third grade fourth grade you know tryouts or whatever uh but they were doing the same drills like to start practice you know just working on the fundamentals and uh you know there's no secret to why they've been so successful that's that's crazy that's also really that's really cool i mean i'm sure a lot of people are like you know kids who think that these guys they must have like some intense practices but like you said working on the fundamentals i think is the basis of where to get you where you need to be right yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and how did – so now we'll get to the main, the Red Claws. Like, how did you get started with the, the main Red Claws? Yeah. Um, so going back to when I was out in L.A., um, you know, really just fortunate enough to meet a ton of great people when I was out there. Um, two of the people that I met were, you know, two people in the Celtics front office. Um, and, you know, they kind of just told me anytime I was back in Boston to come down and help them out uh, with their, you know, off-season workouts. Um, so I did that and, you know, just, you know, fortunate enough that they, you know, you know, helped me out and, and got me in with, uh, got me in with the red claws and, um, you know, just, you know, extremely thankful for that. 
for sure. That's awesome. And like, what's, uh, you know, what has the experience of being in player development been like for you? Uh, it's been great. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, that's my background. That's kind of how I got started, um, you know, with working for Noah, you know, one of the best guys in the world at it. Um, you know, just being able to kind of watch him and then having the opportunity to watch, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, other coaches. Um, and, and for me, it's just something that I'm passionate about, you know, even as a player, you know, I always was, you know, trying to find unique, unique ways to work on my game and, um, you know, just get better. So it's something I've always been, you know, had a passion for. Um, and then, you know, just extremely blessed to be able to turn it into a career. So, um, you know, a big fan of player development. I think it's something that's um, really coming onto the scene now, um, you know, as the game evolves and, you know, you watch the guys today in the NBA, it's like, if you, if you aren't extremely skilled, you know, one through five, you know, you can't play, you know, back in the day, obviously, you know, you had guys, you know, watching these Jordan Ducks, you know, just kind of, you know, tough guys and were able to get on the floor just by being like bullies basically. But, you know, in today's game, if you aren't skilled, you know, it's tough for you to play. So, um, you know, I think just as the game evolves, you know, you know, it, it's really become more of an emphasis uh, now more than ever. So, um, yeah, that's really cool. And like, if you know, how is it? How how is the transition from going from like you know being a player uh, and then going into the player development? Like, how does that like you know help a help with like your job and like be like what's it like? Kind of the you know be on a different side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it helps a lot. I mean, obviously, right, like as a player, you can kind of, you know, relate um, to them in that sense. Like, obviously, I didn't play nearly at the level that these guys are playing at. But uh, I think you'd be surprised in the sense of like how, how many similarities there are in, in the games and, you know, just the emotional part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, so it helps me a, a, a ton, you know, if some a guy's going through, you know, a tough, you know, shooting spell, like, you know, I can relate to that and, you know, maybe just, you know, find different ways to try and get, get him out of that. Um, uh, so it, it helps a lot. And, um, I think it's really, you know, helped me, you know, forge relationships with guys and, you know, gain their trust, um, when working with them. That's, that's, that's great. And that's, that's awesome that you, you know, put, you can put yourself in that perspective. Um, and I'm sure that helps the guys and I'm sure you can help find a way to try to, you know, build that confidence, try to get them out of that shooting slump. Um, that that's really cool. And is it now is player development just, is it just skills or is there more to it than just the skills part of it? No, there's, there's definitely a lot, a lot more to it. Um, you know, you know, for me, so as an assistant coach, you know, obviously in-season player development, out-of-season player development are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. You know, in-season, you're really just trying to fine-tune stuff and, and make guys feel confident for when they're playing games. Uh, out-of-season, that's when you can really try and, you know, expand their games and maybe work on a couple of things to, you know, try and try and elevate them as a player. Um, but, you know, there's a ton of things, you know. So as an assistant, you get assigned, you know, players and so you know I had three players on the clause this year that you know I work with directly and you know uh, shoot man from anything you can think of you know if I read an article that I like you know I'll send us them I like a group chat with with those guys like I'll send it out to them um you know maybe something on sleep that I like um you know uh, learned a lot about sleep during the season just trying to 
you know, help them like, you know, take it seriously and really try and get, you know, seven to nine hours a night. Um, and then, you know, from watching a ton of film with them, you know, with the guys that I work with, you know, I, I always make my, make my guys make a two different lists. So one list, um, uh, for the G league guys is right. Like, give mm-hmm. me like three to five guys that you think you could potentially be in the NBA. Right. So like, if I'm working with a, a three, you know, it's just a random example. I'm working with a three man that's maybe a little athletic and shoot a little bit, can defend, like, like maybe you can be Dorian Finney Smith, the Mavs, you know, like some, give me three to five guys you think you could potentially be, potentially be. And then give me like, you know, just give me a list of your favorite players. It doesn't matter if it's your same position as you, it doesn't matter, you know, what, where they play. Um, and then I'll, I'll come up with my list of guys I think they could be. We'll talk about it. Um, but you know, the reason for me doing that is, you know, for the guys that they think they can be, you know, I'll pull, you know, all their clips and from their, you know, pre- previous couple seasons and be like, this is what this guy's doing to be in the NBA. Like, this is what you need to do. Um, you know, and a lot of times it's, it's not flashy things. A lot of times it's, you know, cutting or, um, setting good screens, playing defense, you know, being engaged, playing hard, um, you know, little things. And, uh, so I'll do that. And then, like, for the guys, uh, say, like, one of my guys' uh, favorite players is, like, I don't know, Damian Lillard. I'll, you know, obviously this, this player is never going to be Damian Lillard, but there's things that Damian does that, you know, I'll look at him and say, you know, Damian might have a really good possession playing, you know, hard defense and communicating and, uh, you know, just playing with high intensity. I'll pull those clips and show it to them and be like, look, this is your favorite player. Like, this is how he – this is the intensity he plays at. So, you know, just try and, you know, find a lot of different ways to get through to these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of guys in the G league, like they're one or two things away from, um, you know, being a, a pro being an NBA player. Um, so, you know, just, just trying to find, you know, unique ways to get through to them and uh, give them information. I love it, man. That's, that's a good way. I like the, the approach to it. I think that's, that's such like a, a cool and different way to approach it and how to like, like you said, get through to them and like kind of be like, if you want to be like this guy, who you think you could be like, these are some like things, like you said, cutting or, uh, you know, footwork or whatever it is. And that, that's, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Um, that's such a cool, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool aspect. Of I think, I think to do it. Yeah, for sure. Ahead. I think something that's, I think something that's, uh, really stuck out to me is like, you know, I, I was listening to one of the one, a coach speak and, uh, I, I won't mention his name, but, uh, you know, he, he was talking to a group of players and he was talking to a group of NBA players. It was probably like 20 or 30, like guys that are in the league right now. And, uh, he was saying, you know, how many all-stars do you think they're going to be next year? Or how many all-stars are they going to be next year? Like, obviously there's, it's going to be a certain amount. It's 24, right? Yeah. And then he said, so there's 24 all-stars in the league. That means everyone else in the NBA is a role player. So basically it's like, what are you going to do to affect your team? What are you going to do to help your team win? Um, so obviously, you know, these guys in the G league, you know, not going to be an all-star unless you're Pascal Siakam, who's, yeah. you know, one of the blue moon type type guy. Yeah, um, yeah. so basically what are you going to do to impact winning and what are you going to do, uh, to help, you know, make an impact. So I, I, something's always stuck with me and, you know, something I try to relate to my guys. That's, uh, that's really cool. Uh, that's, that's definitely a good thing to live by and stick by. And I actually, that's a good perspective too, because, when you think of all-star selection, you don't really think about that. Um, 
at 24, there are 24 all-stars and like kind of the rest of the guys are like role players. You never really think about that until you just, now that you just said that, that's like, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, outside of those 24, you know, there's guys that get snubbed or whatever, you know, you might yeah. be, even if you're exaggerating, it might be there's like 30 to 35 guys that are, you know, guys that are going to really dominate the ball during the game. But besides that, you know I mean? everyone else is basically a role player. So it's just, you got to find ways to impact winning. Yeah, exactly. To find a way to be a, a player that can make an impact in some sort of way, whether it be defense or scoring and, um, you know, or just being a, a glue guy. I mean, just having a glue guy in a locker room helps out, helps out big time. That's so cool, man. That, I, that's a, I said, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I never really would have thought about that. And I think I'm going to start living by that as well too. Um, you know, and how, you know, how has your experience been with the Red Claws? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, so uh, my first year uh, was last year. Uh, I worked for a guy by the name of Brandon Bailey, who's uh, been an unbelievable mentor and friend to me. Uh, he's actually a Celtics assistant coach right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he allowed me a ton of freedom my first year and, you know, gave me a lot of responsibility um, and, uh, you know, helped me grow tremendously. Um, and then, you know, this past year was my second year uh, working for a guy by the name of Darren Ehrman, who, uh, was actually an NBA assist, uh, lead assistant coach uh, for multiple teams, the Warriors and the Pelicans. Um, but, you know, he, he's pursuing trying to be a head coach in the NBA. So we thought, you know, coming to be our head coach would, would be a good path for him. So, I mean, uh, being able to work for him this past year, you know, was tremendous. You know, learning a ton from him and, again, just him allowing me to have a ton of responsibility um, and, and a ton of freedom just, you know, helped me grow a ton as a coach. So I, I've been extremely blessed to have the, uh, you know, past two years that I've had working for those two guys. That's that's awesome. And that's so cool that you're getting all that experience from, you know, NBA guys who've been in the NBA, NBA coaches, and then kind of helps you out with your career. I'm like, what is your goal going forward for your career? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, want to get full time uh, in the NBA. Uh, but my, my goal is definitely to be like, uh, you know, head of uh, player development for an NBA team. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said before, you know, it's kind of really where, you know, my passion is and, you know, hopefully can just try to chip away here at it and maybe, you know, one day, you know, reach that goal. So uh, we'll see, man. We've got a lot of, a lot of hard work ahead of me. So it's not, but it sounds like you're going to get there, man, because you're, you're young and uh, it sounds like you've got a lot of great things going your way. And uh, it sounds like you've worked with some really cool players, a lot of NBA guys. And, you know, it sounds like your skills are really developing and I'm sure we'll, we'll be seeing you on a bench with an NBA team in no time. I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Of course, yeah. Um, and now I want to ask you um, a, a topic since you are in the you are in the G League. You know, uh, what are your thoughts of like you know top high school players making the jump to the G League? Yeah. So obviously, right. Uh, the news here recently has been very favorable for the G League. Um, you know, I think in the top five guys from this class coming, you know, switching over from college to the G League, um, which is great for the for the league um you know i don't think people necessarily understand like right because you know college gets so much you know national tv attention um you know g league players are obviously way way better than and you know college basketball players um you know if a g league team was to play you know duke they would you know i mean if we were to play duke you know we would have our way with them you know just because you know they're grown men and 
um, you know, guys that, you know, you know, played at very, very high levels. A lot of guys, you know, that have played at the Dukes, the North Carolina levels. Um, so I think it's great for these young kids coming in because they're going to, you know, not see NBA level talent, but they're going to see just like, you know, a notch below it. Um, so it's going to be great for them to just, you know, play against, you know, high level talent, understand the, the NBA game and, you know, learn terminology. Um, you know, a lot of NBA terminology, a lot of college terminology is different. Um, and so, you know, just being able to get like a really, you know, good experience in the NBA game before they get drafted, uh, I think it's going to be tremendous for them. So, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see. Um, it's definitely something different. It'd be cool to, you know, I'm sure it definitely helps out the G League too in the sense that it gets more, um, probably, I'm assuming more TV time. Um, than you know this because i'm sure people want to see these top high school players if i'm not you know making the assumption i mean that's why we watch college basketball too is you want to see the top recruits but do you think that like impacts yeah, that impacts the ncaa in any way or so do you think it just kind of goes back to like you know when guys were making the jump pr- from high school to the nba and then the ncaa just kind of stays the same yeah i think i think it'll have a slight impact but i don't think it'll have too much of an impact right like just like you said you know there was a time, right, where it was you know, guys could go straight to the NBA. So, you know, LeBron never played in college. You know, KG never played in college. Kobe never played in college. So, uh, you know, it, it will have a slight impact um, on the talent. But for the most part, I think, you know, not too, too much. Um, you know, if you're if you're keeping up with it, I think that, you know, the G League is really only offering the top, top guys yeah. opportunities. Um, so, you know, obviously there there'll always be guys like Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, guys like those that are you know severe Russell Westbrook, guys that are just severely under recruited coming out of high school and you know make their way through the college ranks and kind of come onto the scene that way. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always going to be that sort of uh, platform for them, but I, I think at the same time, you know, this G League's doing a great job and uh, allowing you know the top guys to have a, a real opportunity to you know, compete with, you know, NBA type guys, you know, right at, call, uh, right at high school. So I think it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to, you know, um, you know, watch more G League once it gets going. I, I am a big fan of it. I like, I like the idea behind it and I think it's awesome. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great to see what it does for the G League in the future of how many more guys are going to follow this trend, you know, five or six years. Yeah, absolutely. From. Uh, but Craig, that's all the questions I have for you today. Um, anything for me or uh, anything like that? No, man. I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, having me on. Um, obviously, you know, seems like a great up and coming podcast. So I appreciate you bringing me on, man. Of course, yeah, Craig. I appreciate your time and um, everything. Uh, you know, just making time for me and coming on the show, and it means a lot to me. And I'm looking forward to you know one day seeing you on an NBA bench. And if you're also, if you're ever in Dallas, let me know, man. You have a place to stay. If you want to come visit anytime, you're more than welcome to. Thanks, Jeff. It means a lot. Of course. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day. Uh, be safe during this time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right. All right. Bye.